When you think of God, how do you picture him? I know it's hard to think of God, to try to even imagine God, because his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts higher than our thoughts. His very essence is more than we could ever even imagine. Hard to even get our minds around the idea. Sometimes you've heard pictures of God like the little man upstairs or, or uh, the big guy. Uh, these things don't even touch. In fact, I think they're, they almost uh, disregard the holiness and righteousness and the majesty of God. This morning we're going to talk about our picture of God. How do you see him? How do you view uh, his working, especially in, in these circumstances within our world right now? The other evening, I was putting my daughter, little Grace, to bed. Uh, if you don't know Grace, Grace is my little extrovert. She is full of joy. She's bubbly. She's all about people. Uh, she's our uh, natural extrovert in the family. And by the way, if I could just say, if you have a natural extrovert in your family, uh, you need to be checking on them. <laughs> They're struggling right now. Uh, when I was joking earlier about giving virtual hugs, I mean, for people who are all about people, for people who are, who are desperately connectors and relationship-oriented, uh, this is a hard time. Social distancing is an introvert's paradise. I mean, there are some of you introverts like, this is the way I have always wanted church to be, just me and my coffee by myself. But for some extroverts, it's a challenge. So she was really struggling that day, and we were talking about the events that had happened that day. The several things had been canceled, events in school, and uh, a, a trip that she was going to have to grandma's and she, I could just tell she was deflated. And we were talking about the importance of mindset, the importance, I didn't use that word. Uh, but I said, Grace, you know, in every situation and circumstance, we have a choice how we're going to think about things, how we're going to approach those things. And uh, the word that we use for that is optimistic or pessimistic. And so I went over to her little bathroom next to her room, and I got a drinking cup. Now, for uh, illustrative purposes, I've got a, a cup that's a little bit bigger, so hopefully you can see it. But I, I got a cup, and I this, took this little cup, and I filled it half full of water. And I asked her, I said, well, Grace, what do you think? How do you see it? Is the cup half full, or is it half empty? This is how I'm explaining optimism and pessimism to a nine-year-old. And she looked at it for a little while, and she said, Well, I could see it both ways, I guess. And we talked about that for a little while. And then I said this, God's people, when they realize who God is and what he does for us, always see it in a certain way. And then we talked about a well-known psalm. And if you're turning in your Bibles at home this morning, and I hope that you are, open your phones, open your Bible, uh, turn to Psalm chapter 23, the scripture that was read for you just a little bit earlier. As we're going to walk through that psalm, and I want you to think about it this way as you read through, as we study through this, these verses together, I want you to, to picture this cup. Uh, picture it as your life. Now, a lot of people might view the circumstances that we're 
going through right now, worldwide pandemic, social distancing. Uh, we've lost a lot of things, you know. We've had a lot of things just emptied. I was telling someone, uh, I feel relationally empty. I mean, I'm with my family, and that's good, but I, I've just never missed people as much as I have uh, these days. It's easy to feel empty. It's easy to focus on the void, the lack, what you don't have. But as we go through the 23rd Psalm, David, with all he went through, and I don't think he ever went through a worldwide pandemic, but with all he went through, he had a very positive mindset, a very optimistic outlook. So Psalm chapter 23, let's read this together and think about how David saw it. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Oh, I love that. Now, some translations say, I lack nothing. Another translation says, I have everything that I need. Now, how could David say that? Because there were cases, I mean, there were times in David's life when his family was being torn apart. There were times when he was hiding in caves. There were times when he felt in sin. Uh, we, we, we know there were many times in David's life when he would certainly have focused on the empty part of the cup. But, but when he wrote this, he said, you know what? The Lord is my shepherd. He, he knew that despite all of his external circumstances, he had an internal promise. He had a personal relationship. That's promise number one. You see, when, G, when David says he's my shepherd, we need to remember that David was a shepherd. And so when he's saying that the Lord is his shepherd, he's focusing on, the, on all of the things that he received, all of the blessings that he had in this relationship with God. Last week we talked about Psalm 139. Psalm 139 also of David begins this way, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. Does anyone know you like God knows you? I mean, think of even the closest people in the world to you. No one knows you like God knows you. He says, you know when I sit down and when I rise, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it all together. Psalm chapter 91, uh, again, David reminding us of this truth. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. See, to David, that personal relationship with the Lord was everything. When, when God referred to David as a man after God's own heart, he meant that. David loved God and pursued God as the most valuable relationship in his whole life. David knew if he, if he had the shepherd, he had everything he would need. And, and if he didn't have the shepherd, no matter what he had, kingdoms and riches and lands and victories, if he didn't have the Lord, his shepherd, he had nothing. The first blessing of an abundant mindset is a personal relationship with God. The second thing he says is, he says, I shall not want, I lack nothing. 
Uh, and, he, and he goes on to, to specifically say these specific things that he provides. But this is the second aspect. The first is personal relationship. The second is that God is a provider. He provides everything that David needs. Now, I want you to think about it. We're sort of in the second week of uh, the difficulties and the pandemic and, and days into, at least here in Wichita, of our sort of shutdown, unless you're uh, uh, essential, which um, I think is everybody. <laughs> um, but if we are thinking about all, you know, basically things have come to pretty much a halt. When you're driving on the roads, if you have to, you notice that everything's a lot emptier. When you're driving past a, a restaurant, you notice for the most part it's empty, except maybe the drive-through. You, you're noticing that there, there are a lot of things that have come to a halt. But with our personal relationship with the shepherd, may we not forget what David already knew, that we lack nothing. He says this, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Think about what God, David says that God provides. He, le- he makes me lie down in green pastures. God makes you rest. Didn't you think about that's kind of an interesting thing? That in our world, God has really slowed things down. Families are coming together. The, the, the calendar, Becky Greenwood was showing me the church calendar. Uh, she said, man, it looks so much different. There's just so many things not happening. Well, that's not really true. There are still lots of things happening, but it's just looking a different way. But, but God's causing his sheep to, he's making them lie down to rest. That's a beautiful thing. Sometimes God makes us do What's in our best interest? Just as good parents with their children, sometimes we, we make them lie down for a nap. Even if our children don't want to nap, we know it's in the best interest, that they'll feel better, that they'll be nourished. Sometimes in our lives, God forces us to rest. It might be rest from work. It might be rest from busyness. It might be rest from just a jam-packed calendar. I don't know how God's causing you to rest, but if he makes you lie down, lie down to rest, remember that that is a blessing and not a burden. He leads me beside quiet waters. He, he gives us peace. You know, there's a lot of turbulence in the world, and yet in our relationship with God, we can have peace that passes all human understanding. That's a beautiful provision of God. He refreshes my soul. God refreshes us in a, in a way that it's from the inside, that no matter what happens to the stock market, no matter what happens in the job market, no matter what happens in the world, we have a continual, constant provision of an inward living water, a living stream inside of us. And those quiet waters give us peace, knowing that he is there. He refreshes my soul. He gives us, he provides nurture. He restores us. He guides us. He gives us guidance from the way we should go. So, so God, or David understood that God was first. The, the first blessing that he had from God was a personal relationship. The second is that God was a provider. The third thing, we start in verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup over 
flows. You see, the third thing that God provides in this relationship with David and our relationship is this. He's a protector. Now think about all the ways in which God protected David. If you think about how God kept him safe when there was King Saul trying to kill him. When you think about how God protected David when he was staring down the giant. Uh, you think about how God protected him even in the midst of the turmoil throughout his family. God was watching over David. Now David had some, had some reasons to fear. Uh, Psalm chapter 91, again we'll go back to it. He, he, he says, you are my refuge and my fortress. We already talked about that. My God in whom I trust. But look what he says. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions. Under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. David understood that with his relationship with his shepherd, that he had protection. He had protection in divine ways. He had protection in in special ways that came through that relationship with his God. Think again about how David understood this, understanding that he was a shepherd. And um, in the story of uh, uh, when David was going to take down Goliath, and the king kind of said, yeah, you're not really cut out for this. And David sort of puts out his resume, and and he says this. Uh, It's all said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. This is 1 Samuel 17, about verse 33. And he is a, a man... He has been a man of war from his youth. He's saying, David, this giant is too big for you. Look at this. David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and, and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and he deliver, and delivered it out from its mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by the beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. Now, was that because David was such a mighty shepherd? No, it was because David had a shepherd who was a mighty God. And David said, The Lord has delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear and will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. David knew then, David knew when he wrote the 23rd Psalm, that if God, his shepherd, was with him, he need not fear any evil. You're with me. It's the gift of presence, that protective presence of God. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, can I, can I just take for just a second and back up here? And I, I actually have not a, a this is a, a shepherd's staff, and, and this is something that uh, our shepherds actually carry around. They don't use it on people, of course. Uh, but this was something that we blessed our shepherds, the newest shepherds that we appointed uh, here several months ago. And this staff was used for several reasons. Chief among those was to protect the sheep, to inspect the sheep, to pull a sheep that was straying back in. See, 
David understood that this rod, this staff that the shepherd carried was for a purpose and that God, in the same way, was correcting David, pulling David back in, using it to inspect David. David's relationship with God wasn't just about protection, but he was under the care of the shepherd and the shepherd's staff. It's a really cool picture when you study the staffs that the shepherds used and how they used them. He goes on to say, verse 5, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. You see, God was not only protecting and providing and leading David, but he was blessing him with security. David could have a meal right in front of his enemies, and he didn't have to worry about his enemies because he knew God was present. He knew God was there. In the same way, in, in our world, when, when we go around, when we, when we worry about the things to come, we, we just need to understand if we're in a relationship with God through Jesus, uh, we have a shepherd. We have a personal relationship. We have a, a shepherd who provides and protects. He's going to guide our ways, and he's going to prepare the table before us. Even with people who might be against us, he's going to look out after us. God's going to take care of you. He says, you anoint my head with oil. This is a, a cool thing because we, I was studying a little bit about the shepherd's oil and what that meant. Some shepherds still do this today. They'll put oil behind the ears of their sheep and all over the head of the, the sheep, the lambs. It protects them from these tiny little critters that will burrow themselves under the skin. It, it's a protective method of protecting the sheep and the lambs from the tiniest little invaders. I love that picture, that God protects us in the same way, that he anoints our head with oil, that he helps protect us from things that uh, will get underneath our skin if we just trust him. So he's a personal relationship. He's a provider. He's a protector. And, And then look what he says. He says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Now, see, it would have been enough for David to say, look, He's given me all of this. My cup is surely full, right? I'm, I'm an optimist. I'm thinking I'm seeing the cup as, as totally full. But David says it's not just full. It's overflowing. And again and again and again, he comes back to this picture that God doesn't stop pouring into David. That God would continue pouring into David and that it would overflow out of his heart and his life. What a cool picture for us. That God pours and pours and pours for a purpose. That there's an overflow in our lives that continually comes down. I don't know if they can catch this on camera, but the, you see what's dripping here off the pedestal. It, it, it's continually pouring out. You see, when you have that personal relationship with the Lord God, he continually pours into you. He, he provides for you. He protects you. But he pours into you to the point of overflowing for a purpose. That overflow, you see, will bless other people. And now you are able to live in your world with a sense of peace in chaos, a sense of abundance in times of lack, a sense of absolute calm and serenity when the world is panicky and seemingly losing their mind. People see an overflow in your life. They see something different, and you have an opportunity to share about the goodness and the mercy and the love of God that's poured into you all the days of your life. 
You see, it's not just enough. God just doesn't want to pour into you. He wants to pour into you to where you are overflowing. And that overflow gives you an opportunity to overcome, to share the goodness, the personal relationship, the provision, the protection of God Almighty. May his love, may his mercy, may his goodness overflow all the days of our lives. But not just for us. You see, it's not just about us. It's about God using us to be his vessel to overflow with his goodness. Jesus would say in John chapter 10, verse 10, I have come that they may have life and life abundant. The word there meaning overflow, abundance, great excess. Why? For you? Just for you? No. Now, he doesn't want you to hoard that. He wants you to share that. I, I realize in today's world, we've, been, we've got lots of obstacles. But my goodness, can you imagine the opportunities that we've been given? Some of you are watching this live stream because someone, a Northside member, has shared it on their Facebook page. And you didn't have a church home. And you're, you're seeking some peace and some calm and some, you're, you're wanting some assurance about the truths of God. That's been shared out of the overflow of someone else's life. Yes, there are obstacles, but my goodness, God's given us so many wonderful opportunities. May we not forget the lesson of the 23rd Psalm the relationship with the shepherd. Now you can look around at the world and focus on all that there's not, but God's people always look on what is and what God is doing and how God is overflowing. May we not forget that. May God bless you and may you not forget that he has not forgotten you. Let's close with a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we love you and We know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you love us because of Jesus. And I am so thankful for that relationship that we can have with you through him. And Father, if there are any watching this live stream that need to know you, uh, Father, I I pray that they will reach out. I pray that, that we can make a connection to show them how to have relationship with you through Jesus the Christ. And Father, for those of us who are in relationship with you through Jesus May our lives overflow. May we not just acknowledge the provision and the protection, but may we let the the ways in which you pour into our lives overflow into the lives of others. May every word that we speak, may every every post on social media, uh, may every interaction at a distance overflow with your goodness and mercy and love, and may it overflow all the days of our lives. Father, thank you so much for who you are and for what you've done. Continue, Father, to pour into us and overflow out of us. We pray this all through Jesus the Christ. Amen.